Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. We really believe that God is doing something marvelous with this body of people. And the word that God wants to really speak to us is that we, we're leveling up. Okay, we're leveling up. Your faith level needs to increase. You've been believing God for things? God says, yeah. And I was telling this to my husband this morning driving over here. You know, life doesn't happen to us. It doesn't. Life doesn't happen. We make, I control my future. I control my life. I make things happen. My faith makes things happen. I believe. I believe, therefore I speak. And that's very important. And what I really want to drop in your heart this morning is I want to give you a testimony. And I don't think I told you this, Margie. I don't know, but you'll know when I start. But this is something that just happened. And it's so powerful, and I really want to share it in light of last night, okay? Ten years ago, my husband and my father and another man were on their motorcycles driving down 44 from New Smyrna. They stopped at a red light, and a young girl, 18 years old, drove and drove right over my dad. And his life was just taken just like that in just a moment of time. In order to get through that, you know, you have to go through your changes. But last month, I think it was last month, on a Saturday afternoon, when I was cleaning my house, I got a knock on my door. It's been 10 years, and a young girl stood. And she said, does Fred Garidi live here? I said, yes. She said, are you Phyllis? I said, yes. She said, was your father David Catalano? She said, my name is Tiffany, and I'm the girl that was in that accident with your father. And she said, I just came to ask you to please forgive me. I want to tell you the power of forgiveness is so strong. And I want to share this with you this morning because there's somebody here this morning that needs to hear the power of forgiveness. And so I took her into my house. And my mom lives next door to me on the same property. And I took her over to my mom. And we had the opportunity to tell this girl about how much Jesus loves her. And she told us that in the last 10 years since that accident happened, she tried to take her life twice because she could not live with the fact that she took somebody's life, yet she was alive. And I told her, I said, Tiffany, why today? Why did you come today? She said, because two months ago I had a baby. Now my whole life's changed. And I just took my baby to see my grandparents. 
And her grandparents said to her that Saturday morning, what's it going to take, Tiffany, for this cycle to stop in your life? And she said, I got to go see these people face to face. And that day, Saturday a month ago, we led her into a fullness of Jesus Christ that she would forgive herself. We released her from this, right? We prayed with her. We prayed over her. We prayed for her child. We prayed for her future. That's the power of forgiveness. I told her, I forgave you 10 years ago because without it, I couldn't have gone on. But today, I forgive you for you. My mother held her and and just ministered life to her. It was such a glorious day. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that God gave me such a gift to bring such closure. Who gets this kind of closure, right? (laughs) She's like the bravest little girl in the world. So brave to do that. She said, I didn't know what to expect. I said, no, this is a divine appointment for you because today that whole scenario of your life is in the past. You get to live a new life in Christ. So I just want to just tell you this morning, if you've got that deep hurt inside of you, it's so deep, the best thing you can do, you've got to do it is just let it go and forgive because forgiveness has nothing to do with the crime committed. It has to do with our relationship with him. And in order for me to go forward with Christ, I had to forgive her. In order for me and God to keep talking to each other, I had to forgive her and release this. And because I did that 10 years ago, God gave me a gift and let me bring this girl into the kingdom. What a gift. Thank you, Jesus. What a gift. Yes? What a gift. So I want to encourage you. Is there anybody brave enough here this morning and say, that whole story was just for me? Just put your hand up. Yeah. 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 So stand with me for just a minute, everybody. Let's just stand for just a minute. Put your hand on your heart. Just say, Father, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive that deep hurt. I release them right now. I speak the blessing of God to overtake them. Blessings to reign on them and me. I receive your forgiveness. Take a deep breath and receive the blessing of the Lord. And tell him, just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I receive this now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's that easy. Yes? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Celeste. Amen. Thank you for letting me share that. 44 years ago, this man walked into my church, and he had long hair, and he had ripped ripped uh, shirts like he used to rip the the sleeves thank you mm. and and he had a knife and we're still fighting over where the knife was i say it was in his boot he said it was in his it doesn't matter he walked into church with a knife on it's like who does that right nick who does that 
And that moment in time, he just swept me off my feet. He did. He did really sweep me off my feet. I heard the Lord say to me, you see that guy? He's going to be your husband. I said, really, God? He says, really, he's the one. And he's been the one for 44 years. It's been absolute bliss. So you're in for a treat this morning. Amen. Amen. And uh, the folks that knew me in my Fred to first life, yeah, because I'm Fred to second. When they see my wife and my family and what God has done in my life, it's 45 years I'm in the kingdom now. This is what they say. There is a God. <laughs> this is true. Amen. Would you take a journey with me this morning in the book we all love? I'm going to use the New King James Version. And uh, you don't have to turn to these verses, but uh, I want to continue to allow the Lord to pour out his blessing like he's been doing, not just last night and this morning, but God's really found a place where he can pour out his own life because he knows it's going to be handled properly. And I want to take you on a journey and we'll see how the Holy Spirit wants to lead us through these words from the word. Uh, I think, did they put that up there? Let me get up and just read. I'm seated for a couple of reasons. doesn't really matter why, but uh, 10,000 angels surround your throne to bring you praise. That will never cease. This is what we sang last night. I had never heard this before. But hallelujah from here below is still your favorite melody. Hallelujah from here below is still your favorite melody. That's basically what I want to share with you this morning, but I'm going to use different words different analogies, but uh, I want you to understand what God thinks about you so that you can see yourself the way he does. So, Father God, I pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus for a release of your Holy Spirit, that not just in word, but in deed. I'll be diligent and obedient to follow the path that you've shown me from your word, but Holy Spirit, you can interrupt at any time and bring breakthrough because it's God we want. And we thank you for we're in a, such a transitional time, a moment. We're already entered and crossing the threshold of exactly what you purposed in your heart before you created any of us. So here we are today. And uh, we want you to take great pleasure in us as we listen. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 27, and don't let the first part of verse frighten you. We're going to take this journey together. But listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 21. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. So the refining pot and the furnace. How many of you have been through some refining pots and furnaces? Come on. If you haven't, you're missing out <laughs> on some of the greatest things that you could ever experience in this earth life. This is how you purify precious metals. You know, silver and gold, just the way they're found in the earth, the way God planted them, the way they are in this fallen world. You know, the world is in a fallen condition. The, the jeweler or, or those that are looking for something precious, they take it. They use the refining pot and the furnace to purify and that's kind of what's going on in our lives. It's actually what's going on in our lives. 
And you know how it goes. You've got to put the heat on. Don't forget that John the Baptist said, there's one coming after me. We've heard the cry. I've lived it for all these years in the Lord. This was the main message. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the father. But there's one that comes after that Elijah task ministry, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself enters the ministry. And John said, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad you're baptized with the Holy Spirit? And with fire. That's the refining pot. That's the furnace. And there's something beautiful. The precious and the vile get separated in that heat. And you know how it works. The, the dross comes and they scoop it off and scoop it off and and that's what's been going on in recent days in recent season it's been hot it's been fiery and all the impurities the vile things that occur because we live in this earth life this this world and he's tossing them away to purify us this is beautiful so it says the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold and a man or a person or a church is valued by what others say of him. I want to tell you what I say about you. Pastor Rick, Margie, you're my heroes. Pastor Sean Celeste, you're my heroes. My wife, Philip, you're my heroes. I love this little phrase that I picked up in my journey called me too. Whenever you hear a blessing from God, it's, it's absolutely scriptural because we are the body of Christ to say me too. So I want to say to you, new life, you are my heroes. Where, where's Drake? There's Drake. Many of you might not know this, but Drake and Ricky and uh, Erica and maybe others that are here, I was their teacher in high school for four years of their life. And I've kind of lost touch with Drake, but when I walked in here last night and I saw Drake and I greeted him, I was so blessed. But then when I saw him on the drums, Drake, you're my hero. Where's Ricky? Where are you, Ricky? He's in, all right, Ricky. Well, you tell him I said it. I'll tell him if he's my hero. Erica, are you here? You're my hero. I see what God is doing in your life because you've been through some refining. You've been through some heat. The furnace has been in your life. We all go through these things. Let's not be afraid to talk about them. There's a process of purification that has been taking place in our life, and it's been a season for the body of Christ in our nation. But we are God's heroes, old and young. Some of the older people are some of my greatest heroes. I watch them, and, you know, I'm getting older, and I have to deal with this, that, and the other thing that you young folks don't even know exists at this stage of your life, but I watch them week after week, day after day, year after year, staying faithful to God. Not just faithful, but full of faith. There's a difference there, and I've come to see them as God's heroes. It's quite a journey to go through the refining pot and the furnace, but the outcome is worth it. Now, 
Ephesians chapter 2. This is an emphasis that the Lord is restoring in my life. We know these verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You know, Pastor Rick and I and others maybe here, we, we were trained up in the faith movement. And I thank God for that. But you know, it's by grace through faith. And what's happened in my life, I've emphasized faith, faith, faith. But God's saying, okay, that's good. Keep emphasizing faith, but let's get the grace in balance with the faith. So grace is starting to come back into my life like it was when I first met him. I didn't do anything but just listen and obey, and every good thing and every blessing of God came to me. Matter of fact, the faith that we live by comes by grace. So I want to stir this up in you. By grace, through faith, you have been saved. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. My wife was just speaking about she received a gift. The gift of God, salvation, the Holy Spirit. He says it's the gift of God. Then listen to this. It's not of works. Pastor Sean talked about work. Last night, but we're, you know, this is, it's not because we do things this way or that way. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. Like I did this for myself. No, it's the gift of God. But listen, why would Paul use the word boast? You know why he uses the word boast? Because what's about to happen in our lives, it's already begun, is something so astounding as the people of God in this nation right now. That if you, if you think naturally, you, you can't help but boast. But our boasting is in God. Because do you realize who we are? What we're becoming through this purification process? Just a glimpse is enough to make us go sky high. Listen, just pay attention to what's happening in the secular world, the unsaved world. And surely there's saved people in it, but... You know what's going on with uh, artificial intelligence? Does that ring a bell for you? And, and modern technology and modern medicine. It's almost miraculous what they can do, right? You think that God is only going to bless that secular world and not going to bless his own people and his own body? When you see what's happening in that world, and it's mostly electronic, which is invisible to most of us, we don't understand it, and quantum physics and singularity and artificial intelligence, it's amazing what's happening. It's all man trying to become like God. But what God is doing with us, he's making us like himself. Who we are. You're my heroes. You're in this process. And God has some thoughts about it. A person, a church, a people are valued by what someone says. Don't listen to what the world says. Let's listen to what God says. Listen, we are the body of Christ. That's so significant. It's as if we could say we are God in this world. We are as ambassadors, as representatives in this fallen world, and we're full of God's Holy Spirit. The gift of the Father through the baptism of the Holy Spirit provided through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is in us. We're filled with power. If we think we've seen testimonies, 
you watch and see and participate in what is coming now to the church in our nation. I've been at home for a number of years now for a number of reasons. That's why I'm not speaking about nations, but I'm speaking about our nation. But this is going to happen all over the world. It has to. The Holy Spirit. What is man that God is mindful of him? Psalm 8, repeated in Hebrews chapter 2. Listen, it's very important. We talked about angels and earth people. said he made us a little lower than the angels, but he crowned us with glory and honor, and he put everything into the power of our hands. We're about to understand what God says about us and see us as he sees us in his own image and likeness. You know, he made all these beautiful things, sun, moon, stars, ocean, mountains, rivers, trees, living creatures, but the only creatures that he said is in my image and likeness are us, the body of Christ. We are, let's say that, we are the body of Christ. Now, I don't want to take time to do this, but if you will read these chapters from John 14 to John 17, which ends with his great prayer, it's going to be very significant and I want to share with you this morning. You'll find during those chapters, Jesus is telling his disciples before he goes to Calvary about the Holy Spirit. He's basically telling them, I'm going to leave, but it's better for you that I leave. Could you imagine it being there? What do you mean you're going to leave, but it's better for you? Because when I leave, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And there's this phrase called, he will. The Holy Spirit will. You'll find at least 12 from John chapter 14 to John chapter 17. He will. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, through us, by us. It's magnificent. He comes and lives in us. He's the one. That's why... We don't boast in ourselves. We boast in God. It's time to boast in the greatness of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we're endued with power from on high. He will. And you know, he, Paul said, he quickens. The Holy Spirit quickens and gives life to what? These mortal bodies. You see, we're mortal there's no way to avoid that. We might not want to talk about it, but we're in that condition. It's in the book we love. He gives life to our earth suits. We have to live in these earth suits to stay here on the planet with authority. You understand that? That's why we have authority over fallen angels and evil spirits. They don't have earth suits. But we do, and we've got the Spirit of God in our spirits. And so we have the authority because we're living in an earth with earth suits. You understand that? When you send someone into space, what do you put on them? A space suit. The Holy Spirit gives life to our mortal bodies. He's full of power. So here's, we could sum it all up like this. That doesn't mean I'm coming to a closing. But what in the world is going on in the world? Paul said it to the church of Galatia, chapter 4, verse 19. He said, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ be formed in you. You see, you know, there's a labor to birth something. I've been born again 45 years. 
So what's been going on during these 45 years with my mortality, with the refiner's pot and the furnace? Christ is being formed in us. And there's a labor. That's why we go through these hard times. Don't forget, we're here on assignment. And all these people that have not yet met their creator, their redeemer, the one who loves them and desires to be their father, they're all going through all of this. Somebody's got to be here to make it through this and come forth with the Christ life. I'm not talking about after we die. I'm talking about while we live here on this earth on assignment. He's being formed in a people. We are the body of Christ. So this work that's taking place that we boast in, Ephesians that we read from chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Verse 10 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's the work that Pastor Shaw was talking about last night. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's how easy it is. That's how simple it is. God saw this moment in time before we were even born. And there's a work of his spirit happening right now in us. That he prepared it beforehand. All we do is receive it by grace through faith and walk it out. It's magnificent. But it's by the spirit. It's in the spirit. Jesus is seated far above all principality and power. Do you believe what it says in the book? He's seated far above Christ is the source of our life, and he's far above everything we ever have to face and go through. He's already been through it. He said, follow me. He's already been through it. We walk it out. You know, I love the book of Revelation because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you know what he said to the, the, the word that came to John on the Isle of Patmos was, come up here. Here and there. He was here in the earth life. But he heard the voice that said, come up here. And it says he came up there and immediately he was in the spirit. That's what's happening to the body of Christ. Could you imagine that book of Ephesians also tells us he's seated far above. And guess who's seated there with him? We are, and we say that, and we say we believe that, but it's time to start living that. So I want to tell you good news this morning. Keep looking down. I know if you're like me, sometimes I got to look up because I'm in the fire. But I'm being purified. But it certainly helps me to realize immediately I can be transformed from that fire and that heat that's purifying me to come up to the higher realm of there and start looking at what God's really looking at as he looks at us this morning right here in new life. What a difference when you begin to see things from there. Keep looking down. 
Another way to say it is, you know, Jesus told us, I'm your shepherd and I came to give you life. What kind of life? Life that's abundant. Are you ready for an abundant life? It's here. As long as we live from there. I'm talking about here and there. It's time to embrace this transformation that's happening to the body of Christ in our nation. We're going from here to there. You know, I so appreciate as I sat here and I listened and I heard Pastor Rick talking about the tithe. Do you know how important the tithe is? You know, I'm older generation. I've been at this a while, and I I hear this new word in every church I go to, even in Rock Church now. We've got a new lead pastor. My wife and I are presiding elders. We're still there, but everybody's using this word connect. There's a connection that most of us overlook between here and there, between looking up and looking down. It says in the book of Hebrews, talking about the tithe, In chapter 7, verse 8, it says, here, mortal men receive tithes. We just experienced that. People that are living a mortal life in their earth suits here in the house of God, the storehouse, received our tithe. But it says, here, mortal men receive them, but there, he receives them, and it's a witness that he's alive. That's how important the tithe is. It's the connection between here and there. And it's all by grace through faith. Tithing is a grace work through faith. There's a connection between here and there. Now, I'm going to read from John 13, and then I'm going to read some things from these chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever. But listen to what he said. I want you to picture this happening historically. In John chapter 13, Jesus is at that moment where he washed their feet. You remember that? And, you know, he's giving them an example, and he's about to go to the cross, isn't he? Other gospels mention that this probably took place at the Last Supper, right, when he he broke the bread and the wine, right? John doesn't specifically mention that, but when you connect the gospels, say it's got to be that same time. So listen to what he said to him in John chapter 13, verse 36. Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered and said, listen to these words. Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now. But you shall follow me afterward. He was telling them, you can't follow me where I'm going right now, but there's going to come a time when you're going to follow me. And of course, he, he, he had to go through Gethsemane. He had to go through Calvary. He had to go in the tomb. He had to get, be resurrected. He had to ascend. He's not only resurrected, he's ascended. He had to go up into the heavens and be seated. And Peter and those disciples in that day could not follow him then. But you will follow me afterward, he said. And they experienced the resurrected life in their due time. The same it goes for us. But he said, where I'm going now, you can't. But after, you're going to follow me. So we understand something magnificent was happening. As we go down a little further then through these stories and these chapters and this beautiful transition here about where Jesus is talking to them just before he goes. So that was John 13. Then in John 17, verse 24, here's part of his great high priestly prayer. And I've got to mention this. There's people using different language, but see, part of the thing that's held us back as God's people, 
we're still tried to operate under a Levitical priesthood. We are now called to a higher priesthood, not according to the law of a fleshly, earthly commandment, but according to the power of an eternal life. It's the priesthood ministry of Melchizedek. Jesus is a priest of that higher order. And this is his high priestly prayer. It's from looking down, not looking up. This is a beautiful prayer and blessing. He says to the Father in John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. He prays to the Father for us. He didn't pray for just the disciples alone because the preceding verses says, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for my people and not only these disciples alone, but everyone who will believe in me because of their word. Isn't that how we came to know? We read the book. We read the Bible. The, their words were recorded, and it helped us find our way into relationship with God. So this prayer is for all. The priestly prayer of Melchizedek priesthood is Jesus said, Dad, I want them to be where I am. That's not for after you die. How about now? The earth life as his representatives his ambassadors, I want them to be where I am, the far above life. Let me tell you a little story. I don't know if Pastor Rick was with me on this trip, but we've been working in the nation of Bolivia for 30-something years. And uh, you might have been there. You usually stay with Edgar and Cynthia, and I stay at the pastor's house. So Many times you've been to Bolivia. I'm going again in November. We'll probably go again in February. I'm, I'm resuming my travels. But one of these trips in these last few years, yeah, I got my health back in Jesus' name. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the Holy Spirit gives life to the mortal body. All right. So I was taking a nap. You know, the, the Morrises live at about 8,000, 9,000 feet. So we get there and, you know, we, we minister. But I like to take a nap when I'm in Bolivia just for different things. So I went in, into Sarah's room. Are you a napper? Huh? Me too moment. Yeah, well, I, I, I got a way out of napping. I call it napping and praying. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Listen to what happened to me. I don't know if I shared this with you before or even on that trip, you might have been there. I, I laid down on my back. I didn't, you know, it was afternoon, so I didn't lay on my side and snuggle up, you know. I just laid on my back. And I fell asleep. And guess what happened? I woke up before my spirit man woke up before my earth man. And what did I, I'm laying there on my back, and there are angels around the bed. You believe there are angels in the room right now? You better believe it. They're here. They're ministering spirits, ministering for those that inherit salvation. They're here. They're watching all this. This becomes very important when I get to my closing in a few weeks. <laughs> I see the angels all around me. And what they were doing was they were clothing me in a new garment. And I'm watching them do it, and the pant legs were about that much too long. The, the, the top vest or shirt or whatever it was, the sleeves were that long. 
And the angels are talking, and they notice that my spirit man awoke before my natural man. And they said, well, he'll grow into it. Just fold it up and fold it up and fold it up because he's going to grow into it. The furnace of affliction, the refiner's fire, taking the dross out. See, I'm bigger than you see me. So this is years ago. So I put that in my memory bank. I said, God, you showed me something in the spirit. And so you know what's happening now, Pastor Rick? I'm starting to see my wrist bones. My pants kind of look like this now. That's for Pastor Sean. You know, he didn't do that last night, but he usually does. I've been growing. God is speaking and saying, you've been growing, son. You're growing into that new garment. And we're going to start to unfold a little more of that and a little more of that and a little more of that until we all come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There you go, me too. See, because that God gave that to me, but that's for us. It's happening. There's another couple right there, my heroes. You are. You need to hear it. The value comes by what a person says. I'm telling you what God says. Fred, they're your heroes. You've been watching them, and the fire's been on them. They've been through this. They've been through that, but they're still on the journey. And they're growing. They're growing. They're growing. They're growing. All of us, young and old. Get ready, because your wrist bones are starting to show. You don't want to walk around like this. <laughs> I mean, it'll get the people of the world's attention, but, they, you know, <laughs> they're not going to be ready to listen to you. But you heard when I started, when, God, when people from my friend to first life see my wife and I, they say, there is a God, my, even my family members they cannot deny it. How'd, how'd God take this little guy from Brooklyn and was all messed up and did this, that, and the other thing, and look, look at his life now. That's for us. So that happened, and we're in that time now. We're in that time. So Jesus, we already read, said, where I'm going now, you can't go, but you're going to follow me afterwards, right? And then he prays. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me be with me where I am. Why? That they may behold my glory. Are you ready for that? Pastor Sean was stepping into it last night. And see, you know, the, the Holy Spirit life is what I'm talking about. And you know, he will, he will, he will in those chapters. But, you know, he's got three power gifts. He gives us three vocal gifts or manifestations. He gives us three revelation gifts. He gives us, right? It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit and beholding the glory of God. The Spirit releases that. If we had to trigger, bang, 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 we'd be shooting up everything. But severally, he, he manifests himself as he wills. But he will, 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 he will. Twelve times. He will. And he does. He does. That they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. You with me on this? 
He said, Peter, you can't go where I'm going now, but you will after. We're in the after. Then he says, Father, I pray that they be with me where I am. Well, now, I want you to think of something. I want to read another verse here because this blows my mind. Somebody was there, right? The apostles were there, and John recorded this prayer. So where was Jesus at this moment? He was probably in the upper room where the other Gospels talk about the breaking of the bread and the wine, right? And he washed their feet. He was there on earth at a specific time in history. He was in this world, right? But look at what it says in his prayer just a few verses before that from John 17, 9. I pray for them, Father. I do not pray for the world, but those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. That's why I see you as my heroes, because I see the glory of God. When these folks walked up here last night with these little things, I was like, the place was full of glory. Absolutely full of the glory. I pray for them. I'm glorified in them. Now, verse 11 blows my mind, but it's true. It says, now. This is a moment in history in an upper room on planet Earth in the nation of Israel. He said, now I am no longer in the world. But these are in the world, and I come to you. Peter, you can't come right now, but you will afterwards. I'm no longer in the world, but I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Now, if I was there, I guess I'm not seated anymore, am I? Because I'm here and I'm there at the same time. I mean, if you were John who recorded this and you're watching Jesus pray and he's saying, now I'm no longer here. What if I was to tell you, I'm no longer here. Well, where are you? Well, come up here. I'm there. I'm in the spirit That's available to us because where he went from that room to Gethsemane, to the Via Dolorosa, to the cross, to the tomb, to the resurrection, to the ascension, to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. Now we can follow him and we can live from there while we're yet here. I got to work at this? No, (laughs) it's by grace, through faith. But if we don't even know it's available, we don't enter in. It's by grace, through faith. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? This is how Jesus ministered the whole time he was here on the earth, right? He started his ministry, and he got baptized by John. And when he got baptized in water, what happened? The Holy Spirit came like a dove and rested upon him. I mean, you can't prove this, but some, I heard some preacher say this. You remember the dove in Noah's Ark? The dove disappeared. 
when all them generations later, the dove came and rested in the, on the man and in the man. And Jesus began his ministry. His whole ministry was by the Holy Spirit. He began by saying, it's recorded in Luke 4 and Isaiah 61, fulfillment. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Me too. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he has anointed me. I got good news. This is our message. And the message is so beautiful. The announcement, is it, the power of it is in the proclamation. That's why I want you to say, man, I've got good news. Say, I've got good news. We are good news. God has given me and will give you beauty for ashes. How many of you had ashes in your life? Raise your hand. We'll just now exchange them. Wave to God and get beauty. He's about to beautify the church. Yeah. You know, the secular prophets knew this. Mickey Gilly, you know who Mickey Gilly was or is? I don't know if he's still alive. A country western singer. What did he sing? He said, the girls all get prettier at closing time. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Did you hang out in a bar? You went to a bar to pick up a girl, and you know you wanted that one, and that, they were beautiful, but they got taken. as a closing time case. I'd take any one of them, <laughs> right? Because they, I'm telling you the truth. He gives you beauty for ashes. He's about to beautify his church with salvation. And we're becoming so attractive to the world that all we need to say is, I got good news. I had ashes like you've got, but I'm full of beauty now. I was mourning. How many of you have been mourning? You've been through mourning. My wife was talking about the mourning she went through when her dad died in a terrible accident. Instead of the mourning, wave your hands and say, I want the oil of joy. All of joy, gladness. It's all by the Holy Ghost. And a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come on, you've been under a spirit of heaviness at times? It's all to just get to dross out. Don't forget to change. You can live from there, right here, right now. He said, I'm no longer subject to the things that are pulling me down because I'm going up to live from there. You can't come with me now, but you will afterward. We're in the after moments. This is normal Christian life, and we're about to rediscover it. Beautiful. Yes. Amen. Come up here. Amen. Well, I'm going to shorten this a little bit, okay? Can you receive these words? This is not just for a service. This is for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It's a faith work, but it's by grace. You don't have to go sweat and toil. Just let God, just receive. Receive the life that comes from there while you're still here. We're in this world, but we're not of it. So we can live in the same dimension that Jesus did. Say, I'm, I'm no longer here. I'm not subject to this. Oh, does that mean you're never going to die and your mortality? No, that, that doesn't mean that. That'll all happen someday, some, somehow for each of us, right? But it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. 
So let me see if I could say this to my heroes and close this. Remember this right here? 10,000 angels surround your throne to bring you praise that will never cease. But hallelujah from here below is still your favorite melody. I never really heard that song before, but it rang my bell last night because I knew what God wanted to say, or wanted me to say to my heroes who he loves so, so very much. So the angels praise God forever and ever. They don't get tired. It's beautiful to read about it. The whole earth is full of his glory. They sing holy, holy, hallelujah, all kinds of great stuff. But God's attention is really not on them. It's on us. It's on us. Now, I've been talking about the refiner's pot and the furnace of affliction, the heat, the stuff we go through in the earth life. Remember the purpose for it. But what it does is it keeps us in touch with our mortality, right? See if you could hear this. The Apostle Paul said this in this letter to the church at Corinth. He said, the sentence of death was upon us. That's why we go through these painful things. You know, we're fellowshipping the sufferings of Christ that we might know him in the power of his resurrection. But he said, the sentence of death. We can't deny the fact that the earth suit is mortal. The spirit man, the soul lives forever, already born again. But we have to live in this earth suit here because it's what gives us the authority. It's like our passport to have authority on this planet. He said, we have a sentence of death on us. He said, every day we carry about in our body the dying of our Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of Jesus would be manifest. You see the process here? Now, this is the verse that I just discovered this, this past year. I've used this verse from Psalm 116 many, many, many times doing memorial services for people that have finally met their moment of the end of their mortality, right? Listen and see. Remember, you, you, you put the, the precious metals. They're not precious until they go through the refiner's pot, and, 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 right? And they take the dross off, and they take the dross off, right? Precious is the key word. The 116th Psalm, verse 15, says this. You'll know this. You'll recognize this. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Paul said, I die every day. That doesn't mean crucifixion. It means I recognize who I belong to and what he paid for me. And my life is not my own. It belongs to him. I freely and willingly get up every day to live for him. Right? So God's watching that. He's watching these young people that could be, gosh, a myriad of places right now, but they're here in the house of God. He's watching some of the older folks that, you know, just to get out of bed in the morning, you have to tell yourself, move. You know, he's watching that. He's watching that. Young, old, in between. Yeah, we're busy with this and busy with that, but we're focused on God. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus, and he's watching that. The angels, yeah, they're praising God, and they don't really understand. Peter wrote in his epistles and said, you know this thing about salvation happening to these earth people? Angels don't get this yet, but they long to look at this. Angels, we are lower than them, the Bible says, because we live in earth suits. They're astounded watching us, God's heroes, going through this fire, this baptism of fire. Look, they're talking to each other, saying, look at these people. 
They get hit with this. They get hit with that. They fall down. They get up. Nothing deters them from worshiping and praising God. The angels are watching all this. But I think what astounds them most, and here's what I want to say, because your value is based on what somebody says about you. While they're watching this, they glance at their creator, who's our father. And they look at him looking at us. And they're astounded of the joy unspeakable and full of glory that is emanating from the Father as he watches us and Christ, his only begotten Son, being formed in us by a work of his Spirit and the joy on our Father's face looking at us right here, right now, astounds them more than looking at us. They look at him and they look at us and they see what a God what a God. And his children, these are his precious children. That's going on right now. It's going on when you leave here. It's going on tonight when you go to sleep. When you wake up in the morning, day after day, what he's doing here at New Life, he's the author and the finisher of it. Same thing happening in a rock church. We went through the baton, passed it. Only I'm the one that passed it, not the one that received it. And we're in different seasons. But he's doing this to the church in our nation because the nation, thank God you're open with prayer for the nation, they're sick. They're not well. They're full of bad news. They think they have answers. Like the scripture says, professing to be wise, they become fools. And we are the ones that are going to live this Christ life. Don't go try to do it. Just receive it by grace through faith and say, you know, while I'm here, I can still live there. I can look down upon this place. I can even look down and see myself like I did in the spirit when those angels were changing my garments. The spirit man in me could see what was happening to the earth man. And now I'm just walking it out. And that walk was prepared beforehand. All I got to do is hear it, and that caused me to see it, and I walk in it. I receive by grace through faith. And I'm not mad at anybody. Yeah, they kill babies. They kill old people. They want to turn the nation into a communist nation. I don't want to enter politics talk here, but I'm not mad at anybody. Why? Because everybody needs Jesus Christ. And inside of every person is a potential child of God. And Daddy is there in heaven looking and watching us, and he's so filled with joy and emanation of his glory coming down upon us, through us, in us. We are the body of Christ. So let me say this, and then I'll close. I'm going to give these men a chance to stand up and say something. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And you know the verses. 
Oh, yeah, you'll see me sometime walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I fear no evil. And you watch what follows me. It's going to be goodness and mercy because I'm living in the house of God forever. The Lord is the shepherd of Rock Church in Daytona Beach. And it shall not lack for any good thing. You are my hero, Pastor Rick, Margie, Pastor Sean, Celeste, Phyllis, New Life Church. The Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not lack. You'll have nothing missing, nothing broken. The Lord will see to what he saw when he authored the script. So, Pastor Rick... Who's the shepherd of this church? Get up and say it. And Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And this house, new life. The Lord is the shepherd of this house, and we shall not want. You hear that? You hear that? We talk about authority. That's an authoritative declaration by the under-shepherd of this local church. Nothing broken, nothing missing, authored by God. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. And the Lord is the shepherd of our house. The net. He's the shepherd here. He's the shepherd of new life, and we shall not want. Glory to God. So say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Ricky, you're my hero. You outside when I, I said that, but I came in here and I saw you, and then I... You introduced me to somebody special. I'm like, Ricky, I am so happy for you. I I love you so much. Remember high school? Yeah. It was a refining pot and a furnace of affliction. (laughs) For me as your teacher, not you. No, that was a joke from Brooklyn. But I believe I'm done, right? (laughs) You, You get the message here? Come on, folks, man. You don't know how much... I love you. You know, the value comes by what others say. You're my heroes. I just met this young man. I could tell already he's one of my heroes. Right? This is what God thinks of you. You young girls up there in the worship team and the other members. Wow. Father's smiling down upon you, making them so happy. So happy. So happy. Curly, you're special. You're what you are. I got to pick on you. Anybody can wear a purple shirt on a Sunday. It's got to be special. <laughs> I thought you were going to come riding up in a 57 Chevy or something <laughs> with lakes pipes and bubble skirts and louvers on the hood. <laughs> Continental kit, maybe. It's all been authored by God. The voice. I, I'm, I'm trying to close. But the voice. So you have a very special voice. I think you were talking to me. (laughs) 
How many of you appreciate his voice? He's got a very good speaking voice. Yeah. That voice is coming on the body of Christ. You see, we're no longer the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now we've become the voice of the good shepherd. Come on, you, you, you with me? Uh, Pastor Rick and Margie, you know, I've been here a m- bunch of times, been over the other place, and it is so awesome to see you guys comfortable in your role. You were born for this. This is who you are, and you're my heroes. I want you to know that I'm not just saying that. I thank God for you. You've changed my life. Yes. I don't know every one of you by name, but the Holy Spirit is such that if we allowed it, he could, he could speak a word to every person here. Now, he's not limited by our clock or anybody standing with the microphone. He's going to speak to you. Listen, did you just say he was your shepherd? Yes. You know what Jesus said? I'm the good shepherd. I gave my life for you. He said, I know you by name. I'm talking to every one of you now. I know you by name. I'm speaking on his behalf. God, the good shepherd, knows your name. He said, you know his voice. And you will not listen to the voice of another. You won't. You will not believe a lie. You will not believe, say it, I will not believe a lie because I know the voice of my shepherd. Yeah. You see, this is all by grace through faith. You watch. He's going to walk this out. It's prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. Yeah? Okay. Well, I don't, I'm trying to look at the clock and see what time it is, but being I'm there, it's hard to be here. <laughs> so can, uh, yeah, you don't know yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming on you. Maybe you would like to bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. All right? One of my favorites, I don't know that I have even heard this song except from Celeste. Come on. Can you do that, Celeste? And we'll close with that song because Jesus Christ is Lord. Not going to be Lord. He's Lord now. And who is he Lord of? Lords. And King of Kings. He's talking about us as his children. Right? It's precious in the sight of the Lord. What you've been through, Margie, the Lord is just glowing on you. Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord. Yeah, okay, here she goes. And I'm done. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem. And crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. the of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall.
Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.